0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Above the Fold with the Ag Communicators Network. I'm Kelsey Litchfield with Colleen Callahan Consultancy and C3 Studios. Today's episode is brought to you by Wiffles Hybrids. Today I am continuing my mini series of Let's Talk Gear with Miranda Ryman, Senior Associate Editor at Angus Media. Miranda did share what's in her gear bag. But we also talked about how to prepare yourself for an event, an interview, or a shoot. And I have to say, while I was listening back to this episode, I thought it is really important what we talk about today because um, from my own personal experience a couple weeks back, I was going out on a shoot and I checked to make sure all my equipment was ready, everything was charged up, everything was ready to go. I get out to the field and it's a bit muddy, so I went back to my truck to grab my boots, and they were not there. And I wasn't prepared. Um, Personally, I wasn't prepared. All my equipment was ready to go, but me personally, I was not ready. And honestly, it did affect my performance. So what I really liked about this episode is that Miranda shared useful recommendations on how to prepare yourself to do the best job possible while out on a shoot or during an interview. So in addition to your gear, maybe it's packing another Diet Coke if you're like me or making sure your boots are in your truck or whatever keeps you going um, to do the best job possible out there. So let's dive into today's episode with Miranda Ryman. So Miranda, give me kind of a day-to-day. I know everyone says, well, no two days are the same, but if I could step into your week, what would I find you doing? Um, What tasks do you have? What roles do you have?
1: Sure. So in the role of senior associate editor, I am lucky that I get to work on both teams. Our seed stock facing publication, Angus Journal, and our commercial producer facing publication, the Angus Beef Bulletin. And I do a variety of tasks with them, anything from I, really heavy on the writing side because writing is my passion. Um I also love editing. I'm a horrible copy editor. So we have a great team of copy editors, but do some editing for tone and flow and those kind of things. Um, gosh, we will shoot when I'm out on location and things like that, you're kind of doing all the things. So shooting photography, doing the interview, occasionally shooting video. We just launched a podcast in the last month, uh, so I'm helping co-host a podcast. So just kind of kind of like any of us communicators that started out, uh, especially my era or older than me, like trained print journalist, now learning to do all the things. So
0: I'll talk about that training to learn to do all the things emerging media. There's always something new. There's always something we have to learn. So how do you prioritize what medium you want to learn about and focus in on that and then get better and gradually, you know, push that medium out as part
1: of your communication strategy. That is a a great question. I would say part of it stems from like learning to master one before you go on to the next. If you have the luxury of time, we don't always have that. Right. But, you know, I get to spend the early part of my career brushing up on and and honing my writing skills so that that, I mean, I don't want to say it's not hard, but that feels natural to me. So then when I go out and do video, um, it's learning more of the technical side of it. Like I've already learned how to tell a good story. And so now it's, I've got to think about, you know, what, what aperture I have this set on and shutter speed and those kind of things now I'd say everybody learns just a little bit different. And I tend to learn best from other people's experience. So when you can surround yourself with really great people who, who know all the things that's, that's helpful. And for example, like on our video and audio side at Angus, we've got a really good video department in our association side, not in the Angus media side, but in the association side, they've got a really good video crew. So I often find myself saying, should I get this mic or this mic? Or how should I hook this thing up or that thing? Um, and and then I have friends who are like, dive down in and research all the things. But as far as prioritizing it, it's probably just what you look at the end goal. What's the project you want to do? And then go back and what are the skills you need to learn to do it? So like that podcast would right. be a great example. So
0: Before learning all the things, what would you say is the best foundational skill one could have? in order to be successful at all the other mediums
1: listening I know that sounds really simple um I think especially in this era where as journalists we're starting to be the face of the publication maybe a little bit more or we're being out there sometimes it's easy to forget that it's it's not about us right it's about your sources completely and so more important than do I sound stupid on this podcast is did I listen to what they told me and react to it you know did I um did I give the source the attention or, or let the source go and, and let the source tell their story um sometimes I hear people and I and I think we're all guilty of it sometimes we think well you know what the story is when we go in so you start asking some of those questions and when they answer you're like Oh yeah, but really, was there a time that you almost decided to quit and they're like, no, I've always, you know, you, you kind of start to, to lead them, I guess. And that's, you're never going to get the best story if you come in, um, thinking you've got it all figured out. So,
0: yeah, someone recently told me or gave the advice when you're interviewing such as a podcast or on a video, your job is to be, um, out of the spotlight as much as possible. You can help steer the conversation. And I think that helps take some of the pressure off. Like, oh, so they're, they're more listening to what the guest has to say than how you're structuring your question, which you can always be better at and learn how you can be better interviewer. But I feel like that takes some of the pressure off of you interviewing the guest.
1: Amen. When I, the starting this podcast journey, I don't love to hear myself. I don't know if any of us love to hear ourselves mm-hmm. back. Um, but I can be super critical of how I messed this up or mess that, that thing up. But when you hear that quote, come back to you that you're like, Oh, that was it. That was the thing mm-hmm. that, that other cattlemen are going to learn from. That's when. Yeah. You know, you've got it. So, yeah.
0: So Miranda, tell me, how do you prep for an interview? Um, whatever route you want to go, whether if you're doing a video or a podcast, or if it's for a written story, say in the magazine, um, how do you prepare for that? How do you get your ducks in a row when it comes to equipment? And then ultimately, what are you using to help you tell that story?
1: Well, that is a great question. I wish that I was as prepared as people think I am. I've got a big Big family and we go on road trips and people say, You must be so organized. Yeah, I, I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, so generally it's just it's more a, a learned habit over time where I keep doing the same things I've always done. But I guess if I'm gonna go to a ranch or feed yard or, or a conference or wherever I'm headed, of course I start with the things that take time to get in order. So Usually that's probably clearing off my camera card from the last trip um, or from the last birthday party I had or whatever. Um, I will charge up all my batteries, of course have extra batteries, that kind of stuff. Um, get my gear in the correct bag. I, I have two different bags depending on what I'm doing. So when I go out on location, I will usually use a, a think tank waste bag bag. I've had it for like 15 years, but it makes it really easy to you know, change it on the fly the fanny pack was really nerdy for a while, but I feel like they're coming back. So now it's acceptable, right? But it's it's always been very functional. However, if I'm going to a conference and you're in a jacket and whatever, that's just not as practical. So I've got a really cute Kelly Moore camera bag that looks like a big purse. Um, so the struggle with that is you need to make sure you've transferred everything from one bag to the next. Um, so that's important to me. Um, extra chargers for my iPhone so that if you're out on location and you're drawn on, you know, it seems like if you're in and out of cell phone service and that it's going to draw down your battery a lot. And my cell phone is probably one of my most important tools. Um, so that's like the the gear you get, right. Re- you know, obviously if you're doing a video shoot, you're going to bring a tripod, you're going to bring mics. Willie already talked in depth on those and probably has a lot more knowledge than I have, but if you need to make sure you've got the tools for what you need, but then I've gotten a lot of other tools that are sort of like, I guess, things that I feel like a mom thinks about. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you want to hear those or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anything helps. Honestly, the smallest things I've found out, I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about before but that. That would be extremely beneficial. So let's go ahead and hear them. I'm <laughs> yeah. all
1: for it. So they would be things as simple as um, if you're going out on location where you're going to be outdoors and you're, you've got long hair, bring a scrunchie. How many times has like the wind come up and all of a sudden it's a wreck and you need that. Or I can remember one time I was in Montana in May and it was going to be like 84 degrees that day or something. And I had dressed in a light jacket, but I didn't really consider how cold it was going to be when we were out there 4:45 AM pre-dawn trying to catch the sunrise. So you know, throw in some stretchy gloves or a hat or earband or whatever. Um, sometimes Kleenexes, my eyes water when it's really, like, really cold, wind in your eyes. Nothing is worse than crying your mascara off in front of the source. So, like, get, get, have Kleenexes if you need them. Um, another thing when you're going on a shoot, if you're trying to catch sunrise or sunset, I would be the first one to deny like personal comfort to get the shot. I would rather get a few extra minutes of sleep and skip breakfast or do whatever. Or if someone says, Hey, do you guys need to stop for lunch? Or do you want to keep, I'm going, no, if the rancher wants to keep going, I mean, keep going. But sometimes if you need a little calories, have like a granola bar or have a, I love the bell bars. I don't know if you've ever had those. They're like long lasting, easy to pack. You can have it packed for six months and not need it, but someday when you need it, you're going to be glad you've got it in there. Um, Pack your own. Like I'm a Diet Coke addict, and oftentimes when I go on story trips, like sometimes you just need that on the way out. Yeah. To the I'm holding whatever up, I'm whatever keeps Coke. you going. I mean, yeah. you want
0: to be at your best, so don't don't hold back on
1: yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, and like I said, it's usually in those moments when I don't want to take the time to run through a coffee shop or a fast food place. I don't want to take the time, so. If you got that stuff with you, then you don't don't have to worry about. And of course, if you're flying, it's maybe different than if you're driving to um, if you're driving to a location, another thing, if you've checked, I always check the weather ahead of time. What's it been doing there? What is it doing there? Um, I had a time that I went to a feed yard the day after they hadn't had rain for a long time, and then they got quite like, you know, a few inches the day before I went. And you should have seen that cattle feeder's eyes light up when we were gonna go out into the field or into the Pens and I was like, hey, can I just quick change into my get my five buckle overshoes here? And I like put them on, and he was like, wow, she's prepared. But I mean, yeah. how many times have you come back and either ruined a pair of boots or, you know, the the jeans you were going to rewear for the next day or something you've drugged through the mud? So, I guess those are some of the practical tips that mm-hmm. I have in terms of things to to bring along with you. Of course, notebook, pens. I had a journalism professor who. Went said, you better have two pens and a pencil because the pencil won't run out of ink. There you go. Yeah. yeah it's Jack Gets in the back of my, my voice, right? You know, his voice in the back of my head right there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've always thought, and
0: I tried to do this and then I, I don't do, yeah, right. but I, I, I have a checklist because nowadays, you know, you said earlier, the batteries, making sure you have yes. empty SD cards, things like that. Writing your own checklist is very beneficial because I can't, I could tell you that one of my worst nightmares is not being prepared. And then it reflects badly on yourself or reflects badly on whomever you're working for. And then going forward, it, it, your reputation is just, it's, it's bad for it. So I I don't, it's something that I'm able to control, you know, by doing something so simply as a checklist. But I I don't want to have that reputation as not being prepared because I want it to make it as seamless as possible. I don't want to have to come back, you know, that dreaded, you know, walk of shame back back that you have to reshoot something, you know. But I think a checklist is very helpful from the practical to all the equipment
1: you need. Right. And I think for me, my big motivation in it that is that I always want people to feel comfortable. I would love it if when I leave, people say, Oh, that was fun. Or that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. People get freaked out when a journalist is going to come to their place. And, and so that's really my motivation, right? Like to not be scrambling. And if you're stressed out and nervous, you're going to make the people stressed out Mm -hmm. and nervous. So yeah, I, I like that you have a checklist though. I should probably just develop that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just winging it and trying to gather all of, all of my things at once. Yeah. Then my OCD kicks in and I'm double checking everything. And then <laughs> See, we probably, probably make a good team. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So Marina, tell me what is in your gear bag. What do you use for shoots? Um, or if you're just writing a story, you said a, a notepad, two pens mm-hmm. and a pencil, just things like that. If, so, if I were to open your gear bag right now, what would I find?
1: Sure. So my, my main camera, I use a Nikon Z6. Uh, it's a. Uh, mirrorless, um, one of the first ones that they came out with. I really like it because it's light and it shoots well in low you know, low light situations, um, pretty versatile. I usually use a 24 to 70 or a 70 to 200. Um, those are really the only two I carry most of the time. I do have an adapter ring so I could use some of my old lenses. So I've got an 85 that I really like, but sometimes if I just wanna carry two, I leave this one at home. Um, if I'm doing video, I will borrow a tripod. So I can't even tell you which one I have from our shop in St. Joe. Um, I think sometimes the video guys are worried I won't return it in esteemed condition. So sometimes I get the one with duct tape on the (laughs) carrying case that's earmarked as the one Miranda will borrow. Um, I like to use lav mics. If I'm doing a longer interview, for example, we just went out and shot some video with Our retiring president of the board, Mm -hmm. American Angus Association. We knew we were going to talk about everything from his family life and his ranch to his time on the board, and it was going to be longer. If I'm in the and I heard Willie say the same thing about if he is like in a farm show or a trade show situation, he uses a handheld mic, and I would I would say that is true for the reasons that Willie said, and that it's easier to set up, but also true because it's a lot easier to get that directional sound and cut out all the, the background noise. Um, so a lot of times I'm using in those situations, I have the luxury of, I usually have somebody shooting for Mm -hmm. me if we're, we're at, at a location. So I can't even tell you what mic that they use. I do have a Boya mic that I'll use that can connect right to my iPhone. If I'm just trying to get audio at a cattle sale or an event or something like that can also attach to my Mac and I can record into audition, but honestly, the less complicated you can make it without sacrificing quality, the better. So I get the wisdom of having lights and and all of those kind of things. And we do shoot some that way, but we also look for situations. If you're in a conference center, like we were for ag media summit that had those big, beautiful windows, Mm -hmm. go try and find a window and shoot next to it, or, you know, just find things that are naturally there rather than oh, we're going to rent a conference room and bring each one of our guests into this conference. You know, you don't have to make it that complicated. Mm -hmm, Right, right, right. And be aware of your surroundings. Sorry, I just interrupted you. No, go for it. (laughs) And then say, beware of your surroundings. I was just at a conference here recently where we were like, oh, we'll just duck into this, this other room over here and do the interview. And they came out and started setting out plates for the buffet that was going to happen later in the day. And you could just hear all those claims. So we had to stop. Yeah, actually, in that case, the videographer was very polite and said, "Can you give us five minutes before you put out the plates?" But um, you know, some things that are an ideal situation,
0: right?
1: Cloud comes over and all of a sudden it's too dark, or uh, you know, just all the things. So just be aware of it while you're doing the interview.
0: Yes, and. I've, I've learned as a young professional, don't be afraid to speak up for yourself. Like you said, the videographer said, Hey, can we get five minutes? Because even the most distracting noise takes away from the interview, from the message. And I've learned you got to have thick skin sometimes to stand up for your interview, stand up for your subject, because it will interfere with the quality of it
1: and the end product. One thing that I have learned because I am not—I'm um, I'm really not a perfectionist. You know, I go with—I want things to be top quality. I want it to be good, but I also know life happens. But that also is a tendency in myself to say, "Oh, it's not—it's not that big a deal." When you go back to edit, it's always that big a deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wish that you would have done it. Yeah. So if you hear something in the moment, you probably should do something about it, or it's going to drive you insane. It's same mm-hmm. way with pictures, right? Like. I was taking a pictures of a group of people um, for my husband's work. He works at a bear learning center, and they we get them all out. And there's this pivot behind them, and I do the pictures. And somebody says, "Did you want us to move that truck over there?" And I said, "No." And then I shot about four more, and I said, "Yeah, actually, I do need you to move." You know, I thought yeah. there's no way when I get done, I'm going to be bothered by this, you know, truck off in the distance that takes away from the people. Right, so- right. Miranda,
0: tell me, is there an app or software or it can be a piece of equipment or gear that you simply can't live without like if you had to go to a desert island and you can only take one piece of equipment or anything what would you take
1: oh this is a toss-up so voice memos on my phone as ridiculous as that sounds um I can never write fast enough to capture all the details that I want to capture they, that would probably actually, that would probably be number one, even for all the times, you know, in my journalism classes, they made us do it without transcribing and you know, I wanted to get you good at taking notes. And I have like created my own fast and furious, you know, brand of shorthand that I use and all of that. But there's just things that when you're concentrating on doing the interview and you're trying to write quickly and you're trying to make eye contact and all the things that you miss until you go back and listen again. So that would be up there. Of course, if I got to take two, can I push the, Can I push that assignment just a little bit? If I got mm-hmm. to take two, being able to transcribe those recordings. So we use Rev quite a bit. The automated transcription function on Rev is pretty good. Um, and I use it more as a guide to find what I need in the interview. You know, some people say, oh gosh, I want to listen back to that whole interview. I can read quicker than I can listen to yeah. it back. And then usually I can find the section where I'm like, oh, this is the part. Where he talked about his mother. I'm going to re listen to that. This is the part where he talked about their AI success rate. I'm going to talk about that or Mm -hmm. listen to that part. So Mm -hmm. those would be one and two. Yeah. And your iPhone is such a beautiful thing or whatever phone you have because you can use it. I mean, you can take video on it if you need to. I usually take some backup photos on it. I mean, like, what happened if worst case scenario, whatever? I've got some backup photos. I will use it to take notes visually, and this is something that that um, Martha Mint said once, probably ten years ago on a on an AMS panel. Was if there's things that you think you're going to want to describe later, even if you know that that photo isn't going to be used for something, like maybe it's what was on the guy's bulletin board, or maybe it's it's like an easy way to grab some of those quick, like I just want I just want to remember this moment, this place, mm-hmm. even though it's not. A photo you're going to use. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Is there anything else in terms of efficiency? Because I feel like that is key mm-hmm. when doing an interview and the transcribing that helps immensely. Cause I'm sure people would have to listen to the entire thing and right.
1: then you have yes. a
0: deadline. So is there anything else that would help people efficiently that you use in your
1: routine? Yeah, it's more of a, I mean, really it's my my pen or my pencil because a lot of times I will star the thing in my notes or oftentimes if I hear that quote and it like gives you goosebumps, I look down briefly and note that it was at 2432 that he said that because then you can go back and find it mm-hmm. quickly that way too. Um, that's probably my biggest piece. Another thing that's maybe specific to livestock but i would guess there would be people in the crops field too that have things like this if i'm going to a place that i'm taking a lot of pictures and i know that we're probably going to use some like additionally for stock photos or things like that i try to make note of okay we were looking at bulls from number 2102 to you know 2210 or whatever then we went to replacement heifers then we went to the feedlots just because when you're briefly sorting them it's kind of nice to not have to study the cattle and say, were these the heifers or were these mm-hmm. young cows? Were, mm-hmm. these the, were these the developing heifers in the feed yard or were these the, steer?" you know? I mean, we can all tell that, but gosh, to have to go back and really study yeah. the pictures, take some time. So I guess I just try to make note if I can. That's a rule I wish that I was better at following that I'm not, but it, mm-hmm. it helps Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do yourself a favor for the post edits do yes
0: yes. do the work do the work so it makes everything else simplified
1: as much as possible later when you need it yeah exactly the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask a source either like to explain something again to repeat something to I get in situations where people assume I know more than I do, which I totally appreciate that they think I'm this this expert, but they'll start naming off, you know, you remember that old Bando bowl and you remember da, 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 And they're saying, you know, genetic lines that I, I just flat don't know. I didn't grow up in the Angus business. Um, so sometimes I have to say, okay, can you tell me what that one was? Because if it's an important detail to the story, I'm getting better the older I get. I will go back and just text them and say, hey, you were talking about bull and I didn't know which one you're talking about. But a lot of times instead, I will hear what I think I heard, go to Google, try to find. I mean, that can take you half an hour to try to fact check something that you could have just said, hey, could you spell that for me? So just don't be afraid to don't be afraid to ask a follow-up or to, I don't know. I guess check your pride at the door. Nobody cares how much you know. That's you're not the part of the story. So.
0: Is there anything else before we move on to the last part of talking about continued um, education professional development, but is there any other gear or equipment that you want people to say, hey, you should look into
1: this? I don't think so. I tried to take some quick notes before I jumped on here because as I mentioned to you, I am not the most techie person. I mean, I'm still using an iPhone XS and I had to even look up in my about on my phone to see what it was. I'm not the most techie person. Um, I I really do believe that the most important tool you have are your ears and your eyes <laughs> and mm-hmm. your ability to make a source feel comfortable and um, you know, just be a human, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the best tool you have is your I Yeah. I
0: love that because that's my whole goal of this series. We can talk about the latest, greatest and stuff. You don't have to have the latest and greatest because what really matters is you, the person behind the microphone, behind the camera, behind the notepad and pen. So tell me about you. How are you trying to get better at your craft? How are you, um, you know, learning about new things? Is there any resources out there that you you think that
1: would help other people get better at their own craft? Sure. So I think that the number one thing that, that I've done and, and probably one of the most enjoyable ways to, to learn and get better is to really study those people that are really good at the craft already. I sure I've mentioned this a bazillion times and there's people that I look back at your past podcast guests. And of course, I mean, Holly Spangler was one of the first ones, and I would say love her writing style. Bill Spiegel helped immensely; he's a great editor. Steve Souther was my first, um, my first boss, excellent editor. I mean, I could just keep naming people. As on that panel at Egg Media Summit, Steve Werblow and and you know, Gill and Martha, all of them. Um, so really, studying people who are good at their craft. That does not mean that you just have to read farm publications. I also think that reading good writing matters no matter what kind of writing it is. Uh, back when I was at CAB, me and my team would pick a book, oftentimes it was a fiction book, and go through it and read it and we'd discuss chapters and like listen to the interesting way they talked about this. Now, how could we apply that to our our writing? So, yeah. It's it's the most fun, right, to go read good writing and and try to learn from it. Mm-hmm or podcast too or whatever yeah
0: that's a great tip and a great point not to get so you know tunnel vision that you have to read everything that pertains to your job I think that helps with creativity too thinking about and reading other styles yeah like you said before that's that's a great point I'm
1: glad you shared that because I think many would find that beneficial and it would apply to podcasts too, you know, when we were going to start a podcast, the first thing I did was look at sort of all, all of the podcasts in the cattle space already. And, and was also, that was a little bit of market research, make sure we're not trying to duplicate or, or things like that. But also after a while you started to almost get burned out on the same subject. So, you know, I've got one, so I would start to ask, I guess, cattlemen, what are you listening to? And it was, I mean, we had everything from, true crime podcasts to um, right now I'm listening to kind of a leadership one to just kind of across the board and it gives you a variety of things to listen to. And yeah, there's some yeah. people doing really cool things outside of agriculture too. So yeah. Don't
0: limit yourself. That's how I get inspiration is listening to podcasts that like, oh, they did this interview a different way, or I have subscribed to an email that talks about podcasting and how we get so inside that it has to be done a certain way that that's the way we have to go. And I'm starting to realize, you know, just because we interviewed that way doesn't mean like that final
1: edit has to be that way, you know? So I'm trying myself to be better about that. Absolutely. Um, I would say other, other tips are just what you just said. Try it, right? Like if you want to get better at things, try to like push your boundaries or, I mean, I don't keep a record of how many stories I write front to back and they turn out the way I thought and how many that I try a lead and I get into the story and I'm like, actually, that doesn't work at all. So you've got to give yourself room to, room to fail, room to try it. Also make yourself vulnerable so you can send it on to other people and genuinely want their feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, Learn when you get something back from a colleague or an editor or a client, depending on what role you're in, that generally the more people, the more eyes on it, the better. Mm-hmm. Get, right. Mm-hmm. And, and to not have that, like you're so married to your words or your edit, or your thing that you can't see someone else's perspective. Right. So
0: can yeah. you briefly just share, um, how one might go talk to their boss or whatever corporation they might work for, or editor. If they want to try something new, you mentioned starting the podcast. Can you briefly talk about if someone has a new idea, how to approach that and set it into motion? Because just can't say, oh, one day let's do a podcast and get it
1: started. There's you know a chain of events that has to go on there. Absolutely. So in, in the specific case of the podcast, the great part about that is it was sort of team idea. And we were all, all in on it all the time. Now the details to actually make that happen, you know, needed some, some momentum in, in motion. And that was, that was more like, I didn't have to sell the idea. We were all, it was kind of, like I said, a group idea. Everybody was all in on it. It was more narrowing down everybody's feedback. Mm-hmm. We had a, a brainstorming session where I brought in folks from other department, you know, not just the the media folks, but let's bring in the, uh, you know, commercial programs, people, let's bring in people who are talking to cattlemen. Um, so that was super fun. We had like drinks and appetizers and we just brainstormed, we broke up into small tables and we kind of led them through a brainstorming exercise. So that was, that's a really specific example. Then we came up with timelines and how it's going to work and the gear and who's going to do what on the team. So if you're thinking of something that's maybe more a you project that you want to start, I would say your best your best bet is fitting it into what are the priorities of your your boss, your, you know, if you work in association work, is that the CEO of your state association? Is it, if you work for a publication, is that your editor, um, et cetera. So if your editor's main void is how do we get into this new multimedia space? I mean, you can fit into that priority. If it's, we need to cash in on this and we need to make sure that we've got ad revenue to support it. You need to talk about how it fits into that. If it's association work, you want to reach the members. Here's a way that a new way we could do that. So make sure that you're fitting into it. It can't be, I mean, I've got lots of ideas, but it can't just be a fun idea unless you're self-funded. It has to have a purpose and a vision. So as long as you have that clearly defined in my experience, people have been there to give you a lot of latitude or they might say, show me what you're talking about. Like let's develop a prototype. Let's say you're talking right. about a new series you want to do or a, I'd like to write a column, okay, write a couple. And then you show me what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then open go into suggestions.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what I was going to say is Willie and in his interview had mentioned put together a proposal. Like he was talking about all this great equipment. It can cost money. Put together proposal. The worst things they'll say no. You'll be like, okay, well, I tried. Um, I think for younger, they get discouraged on this is the way it has to be done. But you know, I've never found i I've never found someone Adcom that said no, or they'll say maybe not yet, but let's work on how this could become, you know, eventual project. So don't be
1: afraid to show you and share your ideas. And don't be afraid to have a big idea that you have to take stair steps to get there. You know, before we did the podcast, we started doing some audio versions of our daily newsletter. And then we started doing some sort of, I'd say man on the street, but just, you know, the quick interviews, uh, a quick standing in a hallway, get five minute interview and put that in. And then Mm -hmm. it gave us two things. It gave us the chance to experiment ourselves with how do we do this? What's the technology we need? How do we make it work on a production schedule? And secondly, it gave us a chance to test our audience. Do they even Mm -hmm. want this? I mean, our Cattlemen podcast listeners? Yeah, Yeah, they are. So before we had invested in, let's go get good mics and go do a photo shoot and promote this thing and run an ad in our magazine, it gave us a chance to try it out a little bit first. So Miranda, this has been so helpful.
0: I know our goal is to talk gear, but like I've said and reiterated, probably sound like a broken record. It's much more than that. It's awesome to share what kind of gear I'm using to help others get started and maybe a project they want to do, but truly it is about the person behind it and what they want to do. So is there anything else you want to share that you have forgotten or any lasting um, idea you want to leave us with?
1: No, I'm just really looking forward to hearing all the follow-up episodes. I think before we got on officially recording, I told you that Willie had these great gear suggestions and really detailed situations. And I was going to come on and say, bring Diet Coke and scrunchies. So <laughs> I'm glad I can provide some variety in the space. It's
0: practical things <laughs> that are going to make our lives better.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Some, sometime, somewhere, somebody's going to be out on the Kansas Plains and throw their hair up in a ponytail and think, Boy, I'm glad I listened to that podcast. <laughs> thank you, Miranda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Miranda. I appreciate all your. Um, advice, all your wisdom. And even if it's the practical, small details, if, if it helps make our jobs better and let us do better. And I think it's totally worth it.
1: Love it. Thank you so much for your work on this podcast and the work you do on behalf of the membership. Appreciate that. Thank
0: Thank you again to Miranda for being our guest on today's episode of Above the Fold. Please check out the show notes to find out what equipment and gear we talked about. And also another shout out to today's sponsor, Wiffles Hybrids. I'll be back next time with our final episode of Let's Talk Gear. And we'll be discussing the podcasting side of things. Again, I'm Kelsey Litchfield of Colleen Callahan Consultancy and C3 Studios. Thanks for listening.